This week on Stay in the Truck, we're going to preview the SEC West. So grab you a cold beverage and let's go. Welcome to Stay in the Truck, the ultimate podcast for sports enthusiasts and avid gamblers alike. Each week, we'll provide you with invaluable insights, analysis, and tips to elevate your game. We can be found on all major podcasts and social media outlets. See the show notes for details. Stick around to the end to hear this week's most boneheaded sports moments with our Stay in the Truck Awards. So let's jump right into this week's show. So today, we're going to jump right into the SEC Conference. Guys, I am so excited about this show. The only thing I like better than talking about the SEC is watching SEC football. So we're going to begin here with the West, and we're going to go right down to Starkville. I can already hear the Cowbells, Mississippi State. These guys finished up last year, number 20. Yeah, I had a good season, 9-4. and four. Um, straight up, 7-5-1 and one against the spread. They're going to miss Mike Leach. I think those cowbells are going to have a lot less to bang about this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody's missing Mike Leach. Yeah, they're 120-1 uh, to one to win the conference, so that kind of tells you what the bookmakers, you know, feel about their talent. And Zach Arnett's going to try to replace him. They should be 500-1. to one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going it's to be tough. Arnett comes in as he's a defensive-minded head coach, and he's taken over for one of the best offensive minds that ever coached. It's going to be tough. Um, they get eight starters return, but but those returning starters, they were all built for a, a whole different offense, the air raid, and they're not going to run the air raid this year. New offensive coordinator in Kevin Barbie comes from Central Michigan. He was there 20 through 21, App State 22. They did lead the Sun Belt in scoring in App State last year. So, I mean, that's a plus. But, you know, this is a team that averaged 30 points a game, 83 rushing yards per game. That was 128 out of 131. <laughs> but 307 yards passing, number 11 in the nation. So, uh, QB Will Rogers, he'll be back. 3,900 yards, 35 touchdowns. One of the key transfers from the offseason, and you don't really hear a lot of people talk about it, but – Mike Wright, the senior out of Vandy, the quarterback, he transferred down there. Um, this guy, 975 yards passing. He had 12 touchdowns. He can run a little bit, 517 yards on the ground, five touchdowns. Might even be a better fit for what the new OC wants to do. But how do they sell that when they were talking to this kid? Because it's like, I mean, Will Rogers has been there forever. You know, for what it is, he's had some pretty good success, especially under Mike Leach. And then – I mean, they're just worried he might go down or what? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure the kid didn't want to play for Vandy anymore anyway. So. Right. Will Rogers, I mean, he had a great year. 4,000 yards passing almost, 35 touchdowns, eight picks. You know, but how much is that? How much of that is Will Rogers and how much of that is Mike Leach? Yeah. You know, so time will tell. I, I'm with you. Um, I've actually, I've actually, you got him at six and a half. I don't know much about these running backs because they never ran the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, so we don't have much to judge on. But they're going to run it this year. And they're going to run it this year. So those guys got to step up. Um, you see, look, though, this this uh, Kayvon Lee, though, that running back room was full at Penn State. So he come on down. He He's a stud. He can run the ball. Yeah. He can run. So yeah, they're going to have some – they're going to have some weapons, but rah-rah Thomas, their, their lead, leading receiver for last year, he, he headed to Athens – 
for some reason, I don't know why anybody would want to transfer out of there and go to Athens, but <laughs> he did. Go dogs. <laughs> they got uh, two transfers in to play tight end, one from TCU, and then Ryland Good, from, he's a senior from Georgia. That, run, that tight end room at Georgia was packed, so he's probably good too, you know. Uh, four starters, four senior starters return on offensive line, but there again, that their pass blockers, I can assure you, they're not much of a run blocking offensive line. They're not used to it anyway. Yeah, they're not used to it. So we'll see how they transition. Offense is going to be a work in progress. Uh, I think everybody realizes that, and uh, I definitely think you'll see a lot of grinding out games, slowing things down. They get four starters back on defense. New defensive coordinator, Mac Brock. He was the linebacker coach. So they, they promote him up. Uh, this defense gave up 24.4 points a game, 360 yards passing a game. Freshman nose tackle this year. They got a senior coming back on the on the line and Jaden Crumbly. He had 15 tackles and two sacks. Uh, their defensive ends are, are senior-lated. Linebacker. Nathaniel Wilson, he's a six-year senior, 113 tackles and six sacks and one interception last year, so he's a player. Yeah, 2023 All-Conference SEC, yeah. that must have been a COVID special right there. Uh, it might, might have been, might have been. But this uh, Jet Johnson, another senior outside linebacker, 115 tackles and two sacks. So I, I believe their linebacker room might be the, you know, it might be the best, best unit on the field. Might be the strength of their team. Yeah, could be. So, Jeff, we talked about this a little bit pre-show. Um, how disruptive is it for a team to have a brand-new offensive coordinator and a brand-new defensive coordinator? And a brand-new head coach. And a brand-new head coach. <laughs> I mean, these kids are – I'm sure that that they are going to have to – you know, they know they're going to have to be up for the test. They know there's going to be change. But I think it's not just that. It's these kids going in and out, too. So, it's like all new teammates, too. It's just kind of – it is what it is now. I mean, this is the new college football, you know, and, and kids are going to have to learn to deal with it. And you know what? If they don't like it, they can get in the portal. Well, they're lucky they got eight starters returning on offense. If they didn't have those eight starters oh. returning with all those new coaches, trying to get those guys to gel together like that, that would be extremely difficult. But hopefully those coaches walked into a room with guys that already have uh, some good communication Yeah, and uh, – some good chemistry. So. so let's let's talk about this schedule. I mean, this is no cakewalk whatsoever. They've got a couple of easy games, and mm. boom, they play LSU. Towards the end of the season, they've got four tough games in a row, and three of them are on the road, Arkansas, Auburn, and Texas A&M. So. I got them underdogs in, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, and I pick them – when Kentucky comes to town, uh, I got them going five and seven. So I'm going to lean to the under on this. I just put – I wrote right before you said that, I wrote their ceiling is five games. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I they might – if I was going to bet this, I don't – you know, I'm not going to lay 165 anyway at six and a half. But, I, you know, I don't see them getting to seven games. If they get to six games, that's a great year for that team. They're bowl eligible. First-year head coach, all new – coordinators the whole nine yards trying to get over the passing of coach coach leach so i got them going five and seven um maybe they can squeeze that six game out somewhere time will tell but uh i think i think it's going to be like chris said i don't think you're gonna hear too many cowbells ringing down there this year well i mean seven of eight games when you got that many games in a row like they're not even spread out no boom 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 lsu south carolina alabama three in a row 
They get a little break with Western Michigan, then right back at it. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, A and M. Like it's just beat down after beat down. Yeah. Like they're even if they play better than expected, they're gonna get beat down with those teams that many back to back to back. This is one of the toughest schedules I've seen us look at. Yeah, it's uh, the sixteenth toughest in the nation. Those last six games, one, two, three, four, five, the other last six games, they don't get any weeks off. They play at Arkansas, at Auburn, Kentucky, at A and M. Get Southern Miss, and then they end up with Old Miss. No weeks off. No, no, no days off. No days off. No weeks no off. Days so. off. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting season for these guys. All right, let's uh, roll over to Arkansas Razorbacks. Give a shout out to our Arkansas boys. Yeah, Arkansas boys, Cole and Magic Michael. I'm sure they're listening and probably laughing their ass off at us. But uh, <laughs> yeah, those, those are more of the basketball boys. We'll have to. We'll have to get them on here whenever we get close to their season. But and and again, we have another team, um, brand new defense coordinator, brand new offense coordinator. Yeah, the team that was seven to six last year, six and seven against the spread. So if you was betting on, you were losing money. Uh, they're a hundred to one to win the SEC. Their win total set at six and a half. Uh, Sam Pittman's there. This will be his fourth year. It's hard to believe it's his fourth year. It doesn't seem I like. I feel that. like he just left. I know. Like maybe second yeah. year. It seems yeah. like in my head. He was the uh, offensive line coach at UGA over there for Kirby for several years. So, four offensive starters are going to be returning. Uh, Dan Enos, he, uh, he's coming in to take over the offense because Kendall Briars Bryles got picked up by uh, TCU. TCU, yeah. And uh, Dan Enos, he's been around a lot. He just left Maryland. So, we'll see what he's going to do. A lot of the fans, they're already not happy about it because he's definitely going to change the offense. He's got a different kind of philosophy. He's, uh, you know, where they like to ground and pound it a lot last year. I don't think you're going to see as much of that. This this is a team who, who scored 32 points a game last year, 240 yards on the ground. That was good for fifth in the nation. Uh, 220 yards passing. That was good for 75th in the nation. K.J. Jefferson is definitely a Heisman candidate. At least he's going to be in the conversation. Um, he's a senior, and a lot of people were stunned that he came back, but but he did. Um, he's he's I, I've been hearing him compared to uh, Anthony Richardson, but like a better Anthony Richardson. Like he can actually – K.J. can actually throw the ball, you know, whereas Richardson is kind of like Joe Milton at Tennessee. You, he can throw it, but you don't know where it's going. Well, they're still putting up Anthony Richardson highlights because he's the new best yeah. thing. I, I read the stat line uh, for the Colts over their preseason games, and he had the worst stats of all three of their quarterbacks. And the next day they announced Anthony Richardson starting QB. God. Yeah, but uh, like I said, this is a, this is gonna they're going to have their senior quarterback back. Then the running backs, one of the best in the nation in Rocket Sanders. Uh, 22, 222 carries last year, 1,400 yards, 10 touchdowns. He caught the ball 28 times for 270 yards, two touchdowns. And a little key stat, he's the number one leading receiver coming back. Well, you know, uh, nice. both these guys, um, QB and running back, both of them are 2023 SEC All-Conference first yeah. team. Yeah, and they should be. Uh, K.J. Jefferson is going to get – he's going to get some Heisman talk until that SEC schedule starts, and that's when the Heisman talk ends. Well, if this new O.C. – uses Rocket Sanders correctly and continues to throw to him out of the backfield. You've got to – when you got a back that can do that, that can catch out of the backfield, and you open that up and you have a mismatch with a linebacker, then you've got to take advantage of it, especially in this conference, man. You're going to have to, to wear that out. Yeah, well, their receivers, they don't have – they had to go to the portal and get, get two 
you know, one from A&M Commerce. But he was a stud out there, 62 receptions, 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns. That's Andrew Armstrong. And then they're going to depend on this this freshman in Isaiah Sagna. And then you look at, at this tight end they got. I heard everybody's big on him. Sophomore out of North Texas in, in Gums. He had 34 receptions, 458 yards, five touchdowns. Offensive line, they went and got a tackle from Florida. They went and got, they got a senior guard coming back. So We've also got uh, Bo Limmer, too, that um, he, he's a stud. Yeah. So the offense is, is going to be interesting to see what K.J. and Rocket can do, and if one of them goes down, there's going to be some problems. Yeah. K.J. is going into week four looking like a Heisman, Heisman candidate. Heisman candidate, yeah, like, <laughs> like they, front runner, they, right? Until they roll into uh, – Tiger Stadium. Yeah, Baton Rouge. And that's the Oaks, September 23rd again. There oh, boy. There's that Must date. Must see TV. Date. Must see TV. <laughs> All right. So yeah. And the LSU, then they got Texas A&M. At Ole Miss. Ole Miss at Alabama. and Alabama. Yeah. And those, yeah, three of those away games. Texas A&M at home. But LSU, Ole Miss, Alabama all away on the road. It's going to get ugly. Yep. Yep. I mean, they're going to come out looking like all-stars, and they might be three and four, <laughs> seven yeah. games in. So, you know, and here, here's the, the biggest question mark and the biggest concern, I'm sure, sure for Arkansas fans, the defense. Ten so, transfers. Ten transfers. They get six starters back. But listen to these numbers. They gave up 30.9 points for a game, good for 101st in the nation. 469 yards a game, good for 124th in the nation. 288 passing yards, good for 129th in the nation. 8.5 yards per pass, good for 123rd in the nation. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know if you're really happy Half about the starters. coming back. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how, how good that is, right? Um, they do have some, some experience over there, though. They, a junior in Landon Jackson at the defensive tackle position, 29, 23 tackles, three sacks. They get a defensive tackle in Carter. He's a senior. Uh, they get a defensive end in Jeffcoat, who is a senior transfer from Missouri. Chris Paul Jr. is a sophomore at linebacker. He, he was counted for 62 tackles and four sacks. Antonio Greer, a senior out of South Florida, comes in to play linebacker. Uh, they get a senior at cornerback in Dwight McGuntham, uh, 52 tackles and four sacks. 2023 SEC All-Conference. Yep. yep, I mean, he's probably their shining star over there. You well, know? their defense is going to look great for a few weeks. Yeah, well, they get a lot of time to, to, to practice here. <laughs> they they and, got time to get it together. Yeah. Well, the, the question is how beat up do they get after those four games? Pretty then, damn beat up. Fish. Yeah. Then they got to finish out, right? Yeah, and I, I heard uh, today they were talking about the uh, the offensive line, how you know that's Sam Pittman's specialty, but apparently there's not a whole lot of depth after these guys right here. So that's kind of concerning to yeah, It doesn't matter you know, how good a coach you are. Yeah, if yeah. you got nobody to go in and yeah. replace or sub Especially in. when you hit this SEC schedule. Oh you know how that goes. And, that's the, and, and we still have the unknowns. We still have really no idea – because Florida is a wild card, man. Yeah, they really you are. You know, so they, they got four games, and then they got to go to Florida. Yep. By the time they get to Florida, Florida might be in the top ten of the country or they might be freaking 500 yeah. football team. We just yeah, – there's such know. a wild card. No, no. Jeff is a Auburn fan. You are. And, and I think that I think that Hugh Freeze is going to do some things. And whether we like it or not, and I know you don't – I know you don't want to get excited about them ahead of time and you try to keep a level head about it. But the reality is they always get athletes. Yeah. They're going to have the yeah. – they get the athletes. And so now they got a coach that, whether his moral compass points in the best direction, 
He can coach some football. Well, that's that's a great segue here. Yeah. Let's just roll right into Auburn, Alabama, well, boys. Before we do that, what yeah. do you got them at? Six and a half win? I got them going five and seven. I got them going. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, and then Missouri. Yeah, they yeah, so, end the season. So, so they got not only do they have those four tough games, you got Florida and Auburn are wild cards. They could be mm-hmm. they could be unbelievably strong or just even, even mediocre is going to be better than most. Yeah. And then uh, they get a break and then they get Missouri who's going to come back and play physical. Missouri always plays physical. Even yep. if they're not a great football team, they play physical. I just, so, how, I mean, can they get to six games? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Five and seven's got what I got them at. I mean, if they get to six, they get to six, but that, that still doesn't get you anywhere because six and a half on the total. Yeah, so. you got to play the under. I'm thinking five is their cap. So. Yeah, and you're getting plus money on it too, so. Yeah. Why would you Why would you risk? Me the, and Jeff uh, both wrote down five without yeah. knowing what the other had. So. Yep. Two times in a row here. Yep. All right, so we're just going to just, guys, just y'all buckle your seatbelts because this is Jeff's favorite topic here. We're going to roll right into Auburn. Yeah. Thank God Brian Harson's gone. Jesus. And Alan Green. Oh, my. I'm so glad, dude. The AD, he was was terrible. He he about torched the whole program by himself without Brian Harson being there. Well, and so just like the last – just like Arkansas – these guys have a new head coach, new offense coordinator, new defense coordinator, but they did have the top transfer portal class in the nation. Yep, that was big, and I mean, Hugh Freeze, you got to you got to give it to him. He did the best he could absolutely do because there was nothing left. He was recruiting his ass off. Uh, yes, I mean he he, I mean, he lost said, some good ones. He was yeah, he in the battle for some good ones. Yeah, but. but he even said, you know, right right after spring practice, he said. He had no idea that that roster was like it was. He had no idea. He did. He never would have dreamed it to have been like that. That bad. That was terrible. Yeah. yeah. It was that. I mean, there was nothing there. You know, Cadillac did the best he could possibly do stepping in to coach that team last year. He, they played for Cadillac. Yeah. And and they played above their their means because they there were there really wasn't that much depth or players on that team to play like they did so yeah. and i mean there again we was two and six last year last year in the sec it's terrible two and six <laughs> i mean that's, that's just terrible that's got to be the, one of the worst records they've ever had yeah. in conference yeah auburn was two and six in the sec last year that's absolutely terrible no bowl first time since 2012 lost five games by 14 or more points no road wins got outscored by over 18 points on every road game we played terrible <laughs> Terrible. Um, five and seven straight up. Five and seven against the spread. Terrible. I mean, you know, listen, 169 passing yards per game. That was good for 118th in the nation. Terrible. Absolute terrible. We're talking about a, a you know, a national champion 13 years removed. Terrible. Now Hugh Freeze going to come in and he's going to start all – I mean, he literally has to start all over. Um. You know, he went to the he went to the portal. Peyton Thorne, junior out of Michigan State, comes in. He's gonna be the he's gonna be the number one. They named that last week. He twenty six hundred yards, nineteen touchdowns, eleven interceptions. But the one thing about Thorne that I'm sure Hugh Freeze liked is is he knows the he knows the system. He knows what he wants to do. He is capable of throwing the ball down the field and taking shots. Um, Robbie Ashford will be the backup. He's a sophomore. 1,600 yards, seven touchdowns, but he got sacked 24 times last year. So mm-hmm. what does that tell you? He holds the ball yeah. a lot, too long, too long. Seven interceptions. Ran the ball for 710 yards. He had seven touchdowns. 
Holden Garner, Garner, freshman. He could be the number two. Ashford's got him right now on the depth chart. Ashford's got him number two, but the, but the freshman has a big arm. That's another one that Hugh Freeze likes because he could take shots down the field. Where's he out of? Yeah, um, he's from Savannah. We look at the running back position. Uh, we you know take Biggs, Tank Bigsby. He moves on to the NFL. Um, Jacques Hunter Jr. 104 carries last year, 668 yards, seven touchdowns. He averaged six and a half yards carry. Here's the problem with him. There's something going on. Something happened last year that's going to run into this year. I don't even know what it was. I, I've been trying to look. I don't know exactly what he did, but they're not even sure he's going to start the season. So, Like off the field? Yeah, some kind of off the field. Not, not academics. No, I know. It's not academics. Mm. It's something, you know, uh, right. behavioral related or something. So this Demarion Austin's a sophomore. He played at Woodward Academy here in Atlanta. He's a stud. He can absolutely run the ball. Loves running between the tackles, so it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. Jeremiah Cobb is a freshman, awesome in the spring game. They go down to South Florida. They get Brian Batty. He carried the ball 176 yards last year, 1,186 yards on the ground, eight touchdowns. He averaged 6.7 yards a carry, and he's going to he's going to return kicks for us. He's fast. Kid's fast. So that part, you know, the running back room's never really been an issue at Auburn anyway. They always had good backs. So he, he has recruited. He's he's got him some players in. The Jeremy Cobb, the Jeremiah Cobb, that freshman though, that's the one I'm really gonna be interested to see where he ends up at and how many of these especially if if Hunter can't go to start the season, it's gonna be real 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 you know, interesting to see. Are they gonna let Austin the sophomore? They gonna let him start? Or are they gonna give it to the experienced junior out of South Florida and Brian Batty? That it's gonna be that's gonna be interesting to see what happens there. Now look, I hope Jacquez gets to play. I, yeah. I mean, listen, okay, if he has to miss the UMass game, so be it. So be it. That's kind of like Harbaugh's suspension, you know, yeah. whatever. You mm-hmm. know, but but it, it's going to be all hands on deck. I, I understand the second game of the season, it is California, and they are down, I know, but still, this is, that's, that's going to be a big game for this team to transition to. to they got to get back to used to winning again. You know, and, and that's a 10-30 game. So these young kids, they got they got to be able to step up. Receiving core, we'll see. Javaris Johnson, he's a senior. I'm um, 493 yards, three touchdowns. Corey Moore, the junior, he's supposed to be the playmaker, but nobody saw it yet. So, you know, he, they raved over him coming out of high school. They raved over him in the spring game. But apparently, fall practice, fall camp, he really hadn't done nothing. So, he needs to step up. Jair Shorter, senior out of North Texas, 23 receptions, 628 yards, 11 touchdowns. They're going to need him. Shane Hooks, senior from Jackson State. And he got, you know, I guess he got tired of Coach Prime. So, you know, he didn't want to go to uh, Colorado. Didn't want to do it. Yeah. But, you know, he had 66 receptions, 775 yards of 10 touchdowns. But that's at the FCS level. You know, that, that's, that's not at the big boy level. So, we'll see. But now the tight end, in which Hugh Freeze does like the tight ends. This guy here, this Fairweather guy, he, he come from FIU. 26 receptions, 426, and three touchdowns. Apparently, he's been all the talk here at fall camp. Making plays. Making waves? Making plays, blocking, doesn't mind getting dirty. So, that's going to be nice to see. Um, Our whole offensive line totally overhauled. Ten new additions, five of them from the portal. Uh, we got a senior center from East Carolina, a junior tackle out of Tulsa, senior tackle out of Western Kentucky. So, well, it sounds like they're trying to address the issue with all the sacks last year. Absolutely. 
And I think Brian Batty's going to be your breakout star. I hope so, man. I think he's going to be the guy that he may not come out the first week. You know, they may try to stay with Hunter. They may try to get some of these guys that, that they feel like uh, it's their turn. But I think that kid's going to step up and be your breakout star. I thought he was a good get. I really did. You know he's got speed. We're going to need – they're going to need somebody to step up, whether it is Hunter or Batty or the sophomore out of Woodward or the freshman in Cobb. I just don't think we're going to see the freshman in Cobb get a lot of playing time right now. So, But, yeah, the whole offensive side, Hugh Freeze, it's going to take him a minute. It's going to take him a minute to get everything figured out. So, uh, Defensively, though, uh, we've got a new defensive coordinator in Ron Roberts who comes out of Baylor. You know, he's well, well heralded. He – he plays the the four two five the nickel. He likes to play a lot of guys, a lot of rotation. Why would they choose him though? Baylor gives up a gazillion points a game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what Hugh did. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't. Who are you going to get though? What are we? I mean, I don't. I don't know, I don't know who to get anymore. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, he's got nine starters. But but listen to these numbers, okay? The defense last year gave up thirty point seven points a game, ninety fourth in the nation. Two hundred six yards total per game, eighty fifth in the nation. One hundred eighty two yards on the ground, one hundred first in the nation. That is not an Auburn defense. No, <laughs> that is not an Auburn defense. That is, I mean, it was. I, I got sick of watching it last year. You know, I mean, and and he hits the portal to get a nose tackle from Kentucky. Huge Justin Rogers, big old boy. Then he gets this Nasea Kite from – he's a senior defensive tackle out of Maryland. I don't really know. I mean, what is that? I mean, you know, Maryland don't play defense anyway, so we'll see. Uh, but this number 15, this defensive end, Keldrick Falk, freshman comes straight. Whatever happened over there at FSU, they thought he was going to stay, but apparently Hugh got an NIL deal for him that he couldn't pass up. Yeah. So the kid, he, he come on over to Auburn – Great pass rusher. They, they say they're just raving about him. So, that's that's good. That's good because uh, the senior, Mark Marcus Harris, I mean, he's, you know, he's he's okay. You know, he's, he's you know, I don't think we're going to see him play on Sundays or anything. But um, you look at the linebacking crew, Jalen McLeod, junior from App State, another transfer. He was good for 40 tackles and six sacks last year. So, he likes to be around the ball. Yeah. You know, and they say he's really good off the edge. That's going to be good. Got to have more pass rush, no doubt about it. Uh, Austin Keys, junior from Ole Miss, 39 tackles, two sacks. And then they got a, another weak side linebacker in Larry Nixon that, that come out of North Texas, 104 tackles last year. I mean, you just see portal after portal after portal, all these guys. Um, the, the best part of the defense, though, for sure, is the defensive backfield. All five starters come back. Kalante Scott's a junior with 53 tackles and one sack playing cornerback. He got him an interception last year. Uh, Naheem Pritchard, senior. DJ James, senior. Zion Puckett, senior safety. Jalen Simpson, a senior free safety. And Jalen Simpson got him two interceptions last year and 37 tackles. So he's around the ball. Right. The, the DBs are going to be solid. It's definitely going to be the strong point. You don't want your defensive backs out tackling your linebackers. <laughs> Which is crazy to think. That that's what happened last year. <laughs> you know? These guys are getting a little too far too past far the line of scrimmage. So I mean, yeah, listen. I know I texted you guys a couple of weeks ago, or weeks ago, or a month ago, or whatever. When I looked at that schedule first, and what did I say they were nine and three. Well, uh, the more I look at, it, I believe I was. I think you're a little overzealous. Might have had too many ultras that night. Um, I honestly, man, you're I got not sponsored by Ultra. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> but uh, listen, I, I think the ceiling's seven and five, but realistically, it's probably more six and six or five and seven. 
Six. Six plus is yeah. what I wrote down. I exactly yeah. wrote six plus. We've been on the same page every night, every yeah. every every uh, schedule right now. I've got them. Uh, obviously, well, California. You said to a could be. It, 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 it could be a tough game going flying out west, playing late at night like that. But I think they'll be so hyped up to do that because how how many times does Auburn fly out and play on the West Coast? Yeah, it's been a long time. Right. We played Southern Cal last time I can remember, and so, that was like 20 years ago or something. So just, just doing that, the adventure, yeah. them, them kids are going to be hyped up for that. Then they're going to come back and beat up on their buddy Samford down the street. Uh, A&M? Mm-hmm. At, at College Station. I, 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 listen, I know we don't give Jimbo any credit, but we'll get to them in a minute. That team's loaded. Um, of course, you got so, – <laughs> it gets tough, man. You got A&M, Georgia, LSU, and Ole Miss back-to-back-to-back. Yeah. That's a that's a case of how banged up are they for the end of the season. Well, we get we get the week off in between Georgia and LSU. So, you know, we'll see. A&M, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss. And you're coming off four games hoping that you're not banged up from yes. Mississippi State. Yes. Because if you're banged up from Mississippi State – that could be a loss, but yeah, Arkansas at home could be tough, and then of course Alabama at the end. It's always Iron Bowl, such a huge rivalry. I got I got you winning six, and then I got three if games, and the if games, in my opinion, are going to be A and M, Old Miss, and Mississippi State. State yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and let's say you go one and three in the if games. Yeah, that leaves you seven wins. So, you got them at uh, six and a half. I couldn't do it. That's a tough bet. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I'd just stay away from it. Yep. Seven and five is a ceiling, but I realistically, it, to me, it's six and six or five and seven. So. All right. Well, let's take a stroll down to Oxford, Mississippi for the Old Miss Rebels. This is a team that finished eight and five straight up and four and eight against the spread. They're 45 to one to win the SEC, and their win total set at seven and a half. And, uh, you know, Lane had a pretty successful year last year, and they've got him preseason ranked at number 22. Yep, and they got the third toughest schedule in the nation. So Lane better be ready. And and I have not officially heard him name a starter, but from everything I've read, it's going to be Jackson Dart. 2,900 yards last year, 20 touchdowns, 11 picks. He rushed rushed for 614 yards and a touchdown. The transfer, Spencer Sanders, Sanders, the senior from Oklahoma State, comes in. Um, Spencer Sanders just was 2,600 yards, 17 touchdowns, and nine picks. I think that move surprised everybody when Spencer Sanders chose to go there. Well, yeah. We, we talked about it on the on the Big 12, like, and he did it after the spring game, right? Or before the right, right – it was, it, was it was a late move, whatever it was. But he was a four-year senior. I mean, he was a four-year starter. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what happened. What's what you know? Maybe him and Mike just, or maybe he just got tired. And one senior year, he wanted to go do something else. This uh, the Walker Howard, the quarterback, is a freshman that that decided to get out of LSU, and and head on over there to see Lane. He was number five quarterback in the class of two two thousand twenty two. He's a dual threat quarterback, so I'm sure that's the future there. That's the future, but I think they're gonna groom him a little this year if they get some big leads. He'll I think play. so too. He'll play the fourth quarter against Mercer. It, listen, what I was saying about the Spencer Sanders deal is he can leave right now. He can transfer right now. He's he's a senior. He's graduated. He can go. He can go wherever. He can go, he can go wherever he wants to. So I'm sure Lane is begging him, hey, don't, you know, because if something happens to Jackson Dart and you got to throw Walker Howard in there right off the rip, yeah. I don't know if that's ideal or not, but 
But we'll see. The running back, though, Judkins, man, the sophomore, he is fabulous. 274 carries last year for 1,567 yards and 16 touchdowns. That kid is a beast. He's a player. Yeah, he's he's the only only uh, Ole Miss kid that's on the um, SEC All Conference team. Yeah, Quinchon Judkins, uh, he's definitely one to watch for, man. He is he is a fun player to watch. Um, Lane hits the portal here on in the receiver route, and he gets Zakiah Franklin. He's a senior out of UTSA. <laughs> he's a stud too, man. Ninety three receptions, eleven hundred yards, and fifteen touchdowns. He goes and gets another senior from Louisiana Tech and Trey Harris, who accounted for 65 catches, 935 yards, and 10 touchdowns. He's got a senior coming back in Jordan Watkins, who had 40 catches last year, 450 yards, two touchdowns. Another senior in Dayton Wade, 27 receptions, 300 yards, and three touchdowns. He had to do something because they lost their top two to the NFL. Jonathan Mingo went to Carolina, and Mikael Heath went to Green Bay. So when your top two targets go, I guess you got to find somebody to you get in find there. Find somebody right? to throw the ball to. You got, it, it looking even at the tight end spot. You got a senior out of Memphis and Caden Prexcorn, forty-eight receptions, six hundred two yards, seven touchdowns. Look at the offensive line. Got a senior guard there, Jeremy James. Got a senior center and Caleb Warren, and a junior right guard and Eli Acker. So Dart's going to have some protection. He's got he's got the running game. No doubt about that. That'll open it up. Anytime you got a good running game and a good strong uh, running back, you know. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, every one of his wide receivers have experience. If they can get the quarterback position worked out and he not throw the ball and, and look, to the other team, I mean. Lane's a great play caller. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Whether you like him or not, the, the guy can call plays. Oh, I think the only reason he's got – I mean, he had 20 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, but – they are not afraid to throw yeah. the long yeah. ball. Yeah. Like they go for I don't know the stats, but I bet you if we put up the stats on, on most attempts over twenty yards, they're gonna be up there. Yeah. And that's gonna that's gonna tarnish the quarterback stats. Cause, and I think Jackson Dart played well last year from what I saw. I, 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 I didn't think see, he played well. I only saw a few games. I think he played well and I think that they're gonna I think they're gonna do really well. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think they're going to do well because they're going to get more opportunities too. I think this, the new DC coming from Alabama. Yeah, they got uh, how many starters? Which, they got seven starters yeah. returning on defense. People people don't put enough credit into the fact that when your defense makes the other team punt and you get more opportunities, yeah, you tend to play better and you have better stats and score more points. Score right? more points, right? So that's what it's all about. But it, uh, it's funny though the Pete Golden deal. Um, I heard him the other day. They were asking him about. You know, what was the deal at Bama and, you know, why'd you leave? Because he didn't get fired. He left on his own. Of course, everybody over there in Tuscaloosa, they offered to move him. You know, they wanted him gone anyway, which, of course, they anytime they don't win a national championship over there, everybody needs to go accept Nick. And they're going to, you know, hey, after this year, they might start questioning him. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, but anyway, he said he did it for uh, so he could have more time with his kids and his wife wanted to. So just a, a better, you know, better life. And I can imagine you imagine being the defense coordinator under Nick Saban. Well, your the expectations are unreal. You can't win. You know, you <laughs> you have to hold every team to seven points a game. Yep. And you have to, I mean, you have to have the highest scoring defense in the country. And you have to lead the country in interceptions. And you have to lead the country in tackles. So, yes. and you have to, I mean, it's, it goes on and on and on. Yeah. And uh, but we'll see how he does over here. He does get the seven starters back. Um, they get a senior nose tackle from North Carolina State to come in and Joshua Harris. 
They got a senior defensive tackle in Pegasus. You look at the defensive end and Jared Ivey, he's a senior, 37 tackles last year, three and a half sacks. Another senior on the other edge and Cedric Johnson, 32 tackles and four sacks. Um, you got another senior that transferred in out of Louisville to play in the middle linebacker slot in Monty Montgomery. He had 70 tackles last year, six sacks and two interceptions. So he's a player. He's a player. Another linebacker, weak side linebacker in, in Coleman. He's a senior, 42 tackles, four and a half sacks. Then you then you look at their DBs. Three senior defensive backs and a senior safety out of FAU comes in in Young. And uh, they get this kid, John Saunders, the senior out of Miami, who, you know, he might not like the world up, but but he's a, he's a good cover corner. He, he can play. So they got some experience over there which bodes well for them, and it's probably good for Pete Golden. You know, I mean, I, I'm sitting here looking at all these seniors. Are you counting? Is that what you were doing? Well, I, I had to pull it up because I feel like they had some good size, and I was trying to pull it up, but I couldn't remember who it was. They got that 6'7 defensive end, a couple of them. Yeah. They got two two defensive ends that are 6'7. I knew they had some big guys. They got some big guys, and, and they can get to the quarterback, so – that bodes well for them. I mean, they all their stats and defensive stats were, you know, top fifty ish. You know, they they were pretty pretty good. But you look at this schedule. Like I said, it's third third toughest in the nation. Uh, they start with Mercer. You know that that'll be a little warm up. But then the next week they got to go to Tulane. Tulane's defending conference champions. Um, they get their quarterback back over there at Tulane, and, and Willie Fritz, the head coach, turned down the tech job because he loved the talent he had. So He didn't want to leave all the – he's been building that he's team. Been building that he team. didn't want to walk that's away right. from it. That's right. So that's going to be a – I got that game as – I know I got it lined at Ole Miss as a four-point favorite, but uh, we'll, we'll have to see about that. We'll have to see about that. Well, that's going to determine what happens to a lot of other games for Ole Miss. Like if, if they come out and Tulane puts it on them. Though. Yeah, the wheels could come off. The wheels could come off. And look, they're not playing that game in the Superdome where Tulane plays a lot of their games at. They're playing that game on campus at Tulane. So that's, you know, them kids are going to be pumped, ready for that game. So that might, you know, I don't want to call it a trap game or nothing, but because I'm sure Lane's going to have them ready to go. But they better be careful right there. You know, after that game, though, they do get Georgia Tech at home. Um, they beat Georgia Tech last year 42 to nothing in Atlanta, so, you know, I don't – Tech can have that game circled if they want to, but I don't think it's going to matter a whole lot. Yeah, I think it'll be good. But then after that, he gets to go see his daddy and uh, Nick Saban. So, <laughs> um, look at that, Tony, September 23rd. September 23rd. We'll there it is. All you, all you guys, if any of you guys have to work on Saturday, y'all take a day of vacation that day, okay? Or at least get off at lunchtime. I think we may be down at the bow with all the TVs, so – yeah, we got yeah. That's about. We probably need to go that weekend. Um, then let's see. They got they got Alabama. I got them as fourteen and a half point dogs in that game. So and then follow that up with LSU. Yeah, follow that up with LSU, and that's 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 uh, you know those two games back to back. That's going to be rough on them and the team. Let's talk about this LSU line real quick. Mm -hmm. You got them at four point dogs. Yep. I think it should be about fourteen. I was going to say I'm thinking ten or twelve. Well. When we get to LSU, we'll, we'll revisit some of the stats. Yeah. And, I mean, it's easy. And I'm not saying anybody's buying in the hype, but it's easy to think, okay, they that's the team to beat. Year. Yeah, they played good. Yes. And their quarterback's come back with some experience. Yes. So, so, 
Yeah, um, but, you know, we'll see. And, and by the time that game gets there, man, that line could be totally different. Who knows? Right. Um, but but after LSU, you, you get to Arkansas, then they got to go to Auburn, and to get Vandy, Texas A&M. Then November 11th, they got to go to Athens. So he they gets to take that big L. Yeah. Uh, you know, he ends up with uh, UL Monroe and then, of course, the Egg Bowl on uh, Thanksgiving night there at 7.30. And um, as far as their win total, it's 7.5. I would lean to the over. I got them going 8-4. and four. <laughs> Chris has got 7 or 8, too. So. I got the 8 circle. Yep, I'm got the 8 you. circle. So. We're on the same page tonight, Jeffrey. Yep, yep. Simpatico again. Um, I think Lane has a good team. It, really and truly, Jackson Dart's going to have to play. He's, he's going to have to take control of that offense. And they're gonna have to just hope that Judkins doesn't get hurt, and and that defense with all those seniors and juniors and all that experience plays plays well, plays up to their potential. Well, I got them. I got them at six wins for sure, and then I got the three if games, and I think that they have a good chance to win two of the three if games, being Tulane, Auburn, and A and M. A and M, yeah, so. yeah, yep. So. Eight and four, you know, could be nine and three, could be seven and five, but I, I, you know, he's got a good team. I think eight and four is a ceiling. I don't think yeah. I don't think they're going to see nine. No, I mean, you know, to get to nine, that would mean they'll have to pull that upset over LSU or Bama, and he hadn't he hadn't beat them yet, so I don't you I don't know. see it happening now. Yeah, so yep, so that's what we think about Ole Miss. So uh, we'll we'll call them eight and four, and uh, that would be a lean to the over. What we got, T? Uh, Texas A&M Aggies. These guys are preseason ranked number twenty-three. Yeah, finished the season last year at five and seven and two and six in conference, and everybody's telling Jimbo they about had enough. Well, he's got the greatest contract ever in college football, so <laughs> <Ever>. yeah. <laughs> he can yeah. tell them to fuck yeah. off and go yeah. one and eleven, yeah. and they can't do yeah. shit about it except pay him. Yeah, I mean Jimbo. It's the sixth year over there. Um, not only did they finish five and seven, they were four seven and one against the spread. Absolutely total garbage to bet on. They they got me a couple of times last year. I couldn't I couldn't win betting on them, and I couldn't win betting against them. So they do get a new offensive coordinator in in by Petrino um, because this is a team that only scored twenty two points a game last year. That was ninety seventh in the nation, and they got way too much talent over there to be doing things like that. So. Um, Connor Wigman, the sophomore, he only played in five games last year, uh, 896 yards and eight touchdowns. Max Johnson, which, uh, yes, that is Brad Johnson's son, and that is Coach Rick's nephew. No shit. Yep, that's Coach Rick's nephew. Um, he's going to be the junior. He's the junior backup there, 517 yards last year, three touchdowns. They got a freshman, Marcel Reed, that that people love, so – We'll see how all that ends up working out. Um, of course, their quarterback from last year, Haynes King, he, he transferred out to Georgia Tech. And then when you look at the running back position, A-Chain, Devin A-Chain, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns last year. He went number 28 in the draft to the Miami Dolphins. So they're going to try to replace him with Amari Daniels, who's a junior. They got uh, Levin Moss, who's a sophomore, and Reuben Owens is a true freshman, and he they expect to get – plenty of touches for him so they, they want his hands on the ball we'll see about this receivers uh noah thomas a sophomore evan stewart a sophomore anaya smith is back he's a senior he got hurt last year so he's a speedster he can get down the field no doubt about it um then you look at the at the tight end uh donovan green the sophomore 22 233 and two touchdowns last year he averaged 10 yards a catch 
Well, guess what? Gone. He tore his ACL Saturday during practice. Dunzo. He's gone. So at the tight end position, they got Max Wright. He's a senior. He, he was good for nine receptions, 129, and one touchdown last year. And his backup just happens to be Max Johnson, or excuse me, Jake Johnson, who just happens to be Mac Johnson's brother. Um, so you know they'll they'll be on the same page if they ever get in the game together. So we'll see about the offensive line, man. You got a sophomore senior in Bryce Foster, uh Reuben Fake Three, uh sophomore right guard. Both of them have NFL potential. So that's that's good for their line. Um but other than that, I don't really know about the depth. I haven't really heard anything other than that tight end blowing his ACL out on Saturday. So the offense got a little work to do, and um, you know, Bobby Petrino, if anybody can can get get some numbers rolling, he can do it. Well, it was two years ago that they had like the number one recruiting. Yes, uh, like, then they get like seven or eight yeah, five stars, yeah. the or best something. ever, right? And then, it was the yeah. best ever. So, so some of them kids got to be coming in their own. They got to start making some waves, and, and if those kids are as good as the hype. And all those recruiting talks, then Bob Vitrino should have something to work with. Yeah, I so. think I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. Whether whether Wigman, you know, holds the position down all year, or Max Johnson comes in there, I, they're going to be fun to watch. And, and if we get to see any of Marcel Reed, which I doubt we will, unless one of them gets hurt or something, you know. Um, but they're big on Marcel, so be interesting to see what happens if you look at the other side of the ball and the defense that's uh they get 10 starters back they were last in the sec versus the rush last year that's a problem when you play in the sec texas and oklahoma take note because if y'all can't stop the run you're done yeah they got uh they got a sophomore defensive tackle and walter nolan and they got a senior nose guard and mckinley jackson they got Diggs back as a junior defensive tackle Diggs had 28 tackles and three sacks last year uh, you look on the end there, they got Shamar Turner. He's a junior. Got lots of experience. Linebackers, Chris Russell Jr., senior linebacker, senior middle linebacker, 66 tackles, two and a half sacks. Edrick Cooper, junior, makes plays. You look at their DBs, you got Tony Grimes, a senior transfer out of North Carolina, which I don't know how good that is because that defense was terrible last year. Sam McCall, sophomore cornerback out of FSU, which, again, I don't know how that good how good that is because FSU's defensive backs were terrible too, so they got some work to do there. Uh, senior safety Demani Richardson, seventy three tackles and one interception last year. So they got some work to do all the way around on that defensive side of the ball. Um, and when I look at the, their schedule, thirty third toughest in the nation. I'm a little bit higher on this team than most people are just simply because I know the talent. Like Chris was saying, that recruiting class, there is talent there. Bobby Petrino, he can get a lot out of a little, and he can get a whole lot out of a lot. I got him going 9-3. and three. Well, we disagree on one finally. I figured we probably would. I knew. I, I know I'm a little bit higher on this team than most people are. Well, I, I mean, it. the beginning of the schedule – kind of plays into their favor for them to at least start getting some synergies because it's not a super tough beginning of the year for them. They'll get a couple of games underneath them, and and then it'll get a little bit tougher. Miami should give them some competition, but they should roll through those first three games. Well, you know, they, they beat Miami last year 17-9 to in, in just a – I mean, what kind of football game is that? I mean, for those in two nowadays, teams. Right, yeah. now, in, in this day and age, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an average score for an Alabama team throughout the 90s. Yeah. 
I mean, look, they look, they upset LSU last year. Okay, so so that was a that was a big win. They beat Auburn, which isn't saying much, but see that that's what's so crazy about this team. They only beat Auburn thirteen to ten. Yeah. I mean, and we just discussed how horrid that whole Auburn team was. The defense was awful. It's, it's terrible. Terrible. So, you know, they, but again, he brings in Petrino. Jimbo, he hasn't officially said he's going to step away from the play calling because I know it's going to kill him. Oh, it's going to be tough. He's yeah. going to struggle doing that. <laughs> it's going to be struggle bus. <laughs> but I got them losing. I got them losing to Bama. I got them losing Tennessee. And I got LSU getting revenge that last Saturday in November. So is this Arkansas game at a neutral field? Yeah, it's in Arlington. Is that just a traditional thing? No, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, well, actually, last year they played there too, so maybe maybe it is. But see, I'm not ready to discount uh, discredit South Carolina yet. They ended on such a high, and they got quite a few players coming back that I'm not ready to chalk up South Carolina as an easy win like they used to be to some of these teams. Well, you know, it might be a little bit different if if that was a road game, per se. Yeah, but they're coming. Listen, it's not a road game, but they got Alabama. Yeah. Then Tennessee. But they get a week off. And then South Carolina. They get a week off. See, which is huge. That's great on the scheduling part right there because you're going to Rocky Top. Yeah. And that's going to be, like I said, I get that's going to take two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if anything, they should be ready for that South Carolina. Auburn, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, four in a row. They're going to be banged up after that Tennessee game. Yeah, so they'll definitely need that week off. All right, well, I got them losing to LSU. I got them taking a loss to Alabama. I'm not riding that Tennessee train that everybody else is on. So uh, I've got the four if games as Old Miss, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Auburn. And if they win two of their four if games, I've got them easily touching base at about eight. Yeah. What did you say? You had them nine? I had them nine and three. That's not, we're, we yeah, were that we're close. far off. We're close. Because simply, think, you know, I, I feel like – I feel like they're going to get old. Again, I, this all goes back to the talent they got. Yeah. I, I mean, we know it's there. I feel like Jimbo's just going to shit the fucking bed. Well, if he takes over play calling and Petrino quits, I won't be surprised if that happens, if that happens after the New Mexico game after week <laughs> they one. They start arguing in the middle of a game, Petrino just leaves. When they go play Miami on the road the second week and Petrino walks out at halftime or doesn't come back to the field at halftime, I won't be one bit surprised. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll call it we'll call it eight and four, nine and three, um, best case scenario. So what's, what's their what's – their, Seven uh, and a half. Seven, well, either way, yeah. you got to play the over, I think. Yep. Yep. I think you, get, you do. All right, let's move on to LSU Tigers. We'll take a walk down to Baton Rouge. These guys, um, they finished up last year number 16, and they are preseason ranked number five this year. Yeah, they finished the season at, you know, 10 and 4. Um just absolutely mollywopped, boat raced, killed, crushed, whichever Shalak, adjectives, superlative. Yes, 63 to 7 in the uh now that was a Purdue team that there was nobody left to play, but anyway, they got the win, but LSU was 10 and 4 straight up, 8 and 6 against the spread. They're plus 450 to win the SEC. They have a win total set at 9 and a half. Brian Kelly enters his second year. He lost his first shot at an SEC championship last year when Georgia beat him 50-30. to 30. So that kind of, you know, and, and that if, if you think back now, Daniels got hurt, Nesmeyer came in. But when Nesmeyer came in, he was, they threw all over Georgia. They weren't prepared for him. No, they weren't, exactly. It was not prepared we've, for him. We sat here and hey, watched that one. As a Georgia fan, we've seen Kirby oh, yeah. over-prepare for that starting quarterback yeah. and not be ready for a yeah. backup. Yeah, so on fourth and seventeen or whatever, the fuck and, and they still win the game by twenty points. So, so. you know, 
Um, this is a, a team that has uh, eight eight starters return on offense. Uh, they averaged 32.2 points per game. That was good for 28th in the nation. 445 yards per game. That was good for 27th. 180 rushing yards, good for 43rd. 265 passing yards per game, good for 31st. Needless to say, they had a hell of an offense last year. Jalen Daniels is a senior. Last year he passed for 2,913 yards, 17 touchdowns, only three picks. He rushed for, 180, or for 186 carries, 885 yards, 11 touchdowns, the leading rusher on the team. Dual threat. Um, he's definitely a Heisman hopeful. Um, I think he's third or fourth favorite now behind uh, Williams and yours out there at Texas. So, But uh, if, if he really wants to, to be this Heisman winner, he's got to improve on his passing game. Only 63% of his passes were nine yards or less. 63% or less, of yeah. his passes were nine yards or less. Think about that. That's almost hard to believe when he threw for 2,900 yards. So the receivers were, or whoever, whatever he was doing, they were breaking loose. But yeah. uh, definitely have a, a, a capable backup in Garrett Nesmeyer, sophomore. He threw for 800 yards and five touchdowns last year. He did have four picks, but, you know, that was limited action and – I'm sure when he was getting in there, there's a lot of chunking going on. So you look at the running back room, Noah Kane, a senior, 76 carries, 400 yards, 10 touchdowns. Josh Williams, another senior, he had 97 carries, 532 yards, six touchdowns. They get Logan Diggs, the junior, to come in out of Notre Dame. He had 165 carries, 820 yards, four touchdowns. Obviously, Brian Kelly recruited him um, to Notre Dame. Hey, I would imagine. Right, so. I wonder why uh, Tommy Reese didn't give him a look. I guess we'll touch on Bama in a minute. Maybe we'll find out. Um, but, you know, you think about that Burrow era, and even before Burrow and, and the receivers, Jamar Chase and Je- Justin Jefferson, even before them, Beckham, Odell Beckham's out of there. You know, they've had receivers. I don't know if you really want to call them receiver you, but they've been close the last 10 or 15 yeah, years. So, But Malik Neighbors, the junior – 72, 72 receptions last year, 1,017 yards, three touchdowns. He averaged 14 yards – Every catch, so 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 he's the one breaking the tackle. He's the away, one right? exactly yes. catching the ball at six yeah. yards and making yeah. getting fourteen out of it. Yeah, uh, Brian Th- Thomas, another junior, thirty-one receptions, three hundred sixty-one yards, five touchdowns. Karen Lacey, a senior, he's going he's going to get his catches. But but these receivers, other than Malik Neighbors, it's going to be real interesting to see if one of them steps up and becomes one of those wide receiver you guys. I think one of these running backs needs to be a thousand yard rusher. I think if they get a running back that steps up so that, that Jaden Daniels doesn't feel the pressure to have to run for yeah. 900 yards, yeah. if he can run for five or 600 yeah. yards, get 40, 50 yards a game when it's necessary, and, and that running game creates a better passing attack so he can throw, so he can average 12 yards you yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, instead, uh, I think it's going to hinge on that. But, it, you know, I think they can do it. I think they got the talent. I think they got the coaching. They got the starters returning. They're they're set up. This team is so set up for success this year that if they don't have it, it's going to be a real bad reflection on Brian Kelly. And a big hangover. A <laughs> big hangover. Big hangover because, I mean, listen, let's face it. This is a, a 10-4 and four team or, you know, 9-4 and four in a regular season. But but they they're not yeah it'd be nice for them to get that SEC championship but but they have national championship dream like their window with this quarterback because you know he's not there next year yeah it, it's now for them you know and they and they got they beat Alabama last year 
So, you know, they got the confidence to do it. So we'll see what happens. You look on the defensive side of the ball, they get seven starters back, and and this defense was was pretty solid last year. 22.9 points a game, 360 yards, 144 yards rushing, 217 passing yards allowed. Uh, Defensive tackle, Mason Smith, he's a sophomore, he's 6'6", 310. He's coming off a torn ACL. He missed most of the year last year. I think actually – he got hurt in the FSU game, the first game of the season, before the game was over. Whatever play, I don't know if he sacked somebody or they got a turnover, but he was celebrating. He was jumping up and down, and he landed towards ACL. Big blow to that defense. Every time I see them boys jump <sighs> up and, and hit shoulders in the air, I mean, celebrate. And you know they're excited. And you know they want to celebrate. But every time I see them jump up, like – I almost get to the point where who was the kicker a few years ago that jumped by himself in the air oh, towards ACL? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. It that. was the NFL kicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ever since then, I've been like, man, if I was a coach, I'd be like, y'all just go high five. But don't be jumping up in the air and hitting each other. Especially when you're 6'6", 310. Oh, my God. <laughs> just don't jump, bro. <laughs> yes. uh, you look, you look uh, another defensive tackle they got, Jordan, Jordan Jefferson. Uh, he's a senior transfer out of West Virginia. They're big on Paris Shan. Junior uh, junior transfer in out of Arizona. And uh, Braden Swenson, they got another transfer, junior transfer from Oregon. So, you know, Kelly hit the portal pretty hard there trying to get that, that line short up. Um, the big old nose tackling Wingo Jr., he accounted for 43 tackles and three sacks last year. On the end, they got Savon Jones, a junior, 23 tackles, four and a half sacks. Perkins is a stud. Mm. Listen, Harold Perkins – a lot of people are saying he's the best linebacker in the nation. He might be. I mean, 72 We're tackles. We're going to see some of them dogs coming off the well, bench, though. We're yeah, going to see what yeah, happens. Yeah. Some of them hidden dogs we haven't yeah. seen yet. So. Yeah, but, I mean, Perkins last year, he was the man. 72 tackles, yeah. seven and a half sacks. He even had a pick. So, him and Greg Penn, the He's junior, a dog. Yeah, 77 tackles there. And then they then they went to the portal, and they got a huge get from Oregon State in the senior in Omar Spates. 83 tackles last year he had out there for them. That That's a huge – and those three linebackers, they're going to be on the field the whole time. Yeah, they're not coming out. They're not coming out. <laughs> they're not coming out. So, Whit Weeks, freshman, said he had an awesome spring game, so they're big on him and their linebacking core. Um, that's, you know, that's going to solidify a lot for that defense right there. That Those guys are tackle machines, tackle machines. Um, they're They're – Cornerback and Zy Alexander, he's a junior transfer from South Loose, Southeast Louisiana. He had 24 tackles and three interceptions. D- Denver Harris, sophomore from A&M, transfers in. Problems already. Um, apparently, he's had to miss the last week week or so of practice. They had uh, team pitchers. They did not allow him to, to get in the pitcher. Yeah, he's done. So, uh, they while they hadn't said he's officially off the team, Brian Kelly had a press conference that said he's – He's working on things right now. Oh yeah, working so, on packing that suitcase. Yeah, so um, so we'll see. But but if Denver can get on the team, he's a great player, great player. So let's just hope the kid gets everything worked out. I don't know what's wrong with some of these kids, but um, their safety major Burns. He's a junior. Their free safety Greg Brooks is a senior, and Brooks accounted for sixty three tackles, one sack, and two interceptions last year. So defensively, you know, I gave you the numbers. Earlier, you know, they were in the top 50 in, in all the important categories last year. I don't really see a huge drop-off, especially with Mason Smith coming back. 
you know, if he well, can, they got seven stars returning, mm-hmm. and they got those transfers in that are studs. Studs. So I think they're set up, man. I told you they're set up. I got them at what do you had them at? I got uh, them, nine and a half. I got them, yeah, yeah. I got them going eleven and one. I got them going ten and two. Yeah, I, I see these. At, um, I I see LSU as winning the SEC West this year. Yeah. Well, I mean that would be back to back years. So my my thing is this first game though. I'm not I'm not buying that uh, that sell you got there yet, T. That's all right. I'm listening to you. That's all right. So this first game, this first game against Florida State. Yep. I think that's going to dictate the tone. Well, I mean confidence. So um, they lost last year. So I'm sure that they've worked a little extra in all these practices, the spring practice, and in the fall camp, worked just a little bit extra. You know. I'm sure they got the game circled. You know they don't want to start off 0-1. Right. Whether it's in the conference, they damn sure don't want to start off 0-1 in the conference, but they they don't want to start off. Look, this is a team I just said. They got national championship aspirations. Yep. I think they win that game. They get the confidence. They roll. Listen. And then the, the, their next big test, they go into Tuscaloosa. Here's and my call. They're going to beat Florida State by double digits. I, I, I'm, I agree with that. I, I think they're going to beat them by double digits. And then I think we're going to hear all the talk about the Florida State quarterback being up for the Heisman is going to go away for like four games until he has time to, to um, yeah, build himself back up, generate some stats well, well, and build himself back up. Yeah, when he gets in his ACC schedule and right. can right. throw for 400 yards a game against those defenses. But, um, you know, the, the three games I got highlighted for them is, is my what-if games – Ole Miss. Ole Miss, Alabama. Alabama. And then at the end of the season, A&M. A&M is such a wild card. Yeah, they are. Yeah, we just mighty. we just talked about them. I, you know, I'm a little bit higher on them than most people. So those are the three games. And, and listen, all three of those are West games. So they matter a little bit more if yeah. they're going to get to the to Atlanta. So Well, they're coming off of Georgia State yep. the week before. Yeah. So – They'll be ready for A&M. I think they put a beat down on them, honestly. I think that Alabama game's going to be close, but I think Alabama's out for revenge. I think that last year's Alabama team had a better quarterback and a worse team than what we're going to see mm. this year. Yeah. And uh, and LSU should not have won that game no. last year. No. So I think that uh, I don't know. I think they're going to think they're going to take a loss against that Alabama team. They're going to go eleven and one. Yeah, I mean they had to go to overtime last year in Death Valley to, or in you know at LSU to to get that win over Alabama. They're gonna be so, in Tuscaloosa this year. Yeah, they're gonna be in Tuscaloosa. It'll be another year. ball game. Well, I, you know, I, Tony, do you like them for the national championship? The playoffs. I mean, they'd have to get through the playoffs. It's just with Michigan, Ohio State. So if it's, they, it's if, hard hard to tell. If they win the West, hypothetically, they run the table. They beat Alabama and they lose a close game to Georgia in the SEC championship. Both teams are going. They should. Yeah. As long, yeah, as long as Georgia I mean, we, holds their end. We made that point what two weeks ago yeah, when right. we talked about same for Alabama, Alabama and Georgia, right? Like, same for Alabama. So, whichever, yeah. whichever that Alabama or LSU team, because I don't really think that anybody else in the country believes that it'll be anybody other than one of those two teams. No. Whichever one of those two teams faces off against what everybody believes will be a UGA team. If both teams are undefeated and it is a close game, they're both going to the yeah. playoffs. Yep. If it is a blowout, yeah. then, then it depends on what Ohio State, what Michigan, yeah. and all right. the rest of them look like. Well, so that, that's a great segue. Let's move on to the Crimson Tide of Alabama. These guys, you know, they finished up last year at number five, and they are preseason ranked number 
four this year. Eleven and two on the season, uh, six and two in the conference. You don't see that much out of a Nick Saban team. Uh, seven to six against the spread, though, and guys, that's mostly because I mean they were laying double, double digits in more than three quarters of the game they played. So, you know, uh, Alabama was for the last couple of years they have been a bet on first half team. They just roll folks the first half of the game, and then Saban kind of controls it after there. So. Um, Three to one to win the SEC. They got their win total set at ten and a half. The over though is plus one fifty, and the under is juiced to minus one eighty. So Nick Saban comes in in his seventeenth year. He's won eleven games for the twelfth for twelve consecutive seasons. He's one hundred ninety four and twenty seven. <laughs> Nine SEC West titles, eight SEC titles, sixteen bowl wins, and six national championships. That's absolutely absurd. <laughs> Yeah, it's not even fair, right? It's hard for you to say, huh? You know, Auburn fan. Oh, I mean, just just Jesus saying it out loud. That just, gotta be all that terrible. does is just just kind of takes that wound of fine mm. bomb and just kind of yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, be, being being a being a SEC East guy, being a Georgia fan my entire life, I look at Nick Saban and I look at Alabama, and I still can't. I mean, just as a football fan. Like you can't help if you, you're not a football fan if you if you can't look at that and, and admire what that guy has done for the he's sport. He's the goat. Yes, he he's the goat. Yeah, he's he's the and goat. he will be for a long time. And everybody wants to talk about oh Kirby's the guy now. Kirby's the guy now. Yeah, he is right now. But he's got to do it for 15 years. <laughs> Kirby's the Padawan. He's the protege, right? Yeah, but I mean, he's got. But but they don't understand the the intensity and the dedication it takes to have that much success over that long a period of time. So, so there's no, no talks about Kirby being the goat for 10 more years, in my opinion, unless he keeps this up for another 10 years. Like he's got to be there, you know, he's got to be there in this day and age, as much as football's changing and and everybody's going here and there, it's going to be hard for Kirby to do that. Yeah. And don't count this other guy out up there. I know it's the ACC team, but don't count another guy out. If he stays around for 10 more years, because there's a Clemson Tiger team that's very likely to be in that top four every yeah. year for the next 10 years, too. So yeah. Yeah. you can't count them out. I so. mean, th- every one of these teams have the same thing in common. They reload every year. They do. I mean, I'm looking at this. These guys only have five starters returning in offense and five starters returning in defense, and they're still going to be just at the top winning. Yeah, I mean, and this is a team in Alabama. They have the ninth toughest toughest schedule in the nation, won 20 games in a row at Tuscaloosa. So they don't lose at home. Um, they But they do. They got the five starters coming back on offense, like Tony said. New new offensive coordinator and Tommy Reese, who he comes down from Notre Dame. Um, this is an offense that, that averaged 41.7 points a game. That was good for third in the nation. 473 yards yards per game. That was good for 12th in the nation. 190 yards rushing per game, 30th in the nation, 283 passing yards per game, 17th in the nation. But that was with Bryce Young. Bryce Young, number one pick NFL draft by the Carolina Panthers. Now we turn to the mess that is the quarterback room at Alabama. And as far as I know, it's uh, it's 8 o'clock on Monday, August 21st. Saban still hasn't named a starter. I think it's Jalen Milrow. I think they're going with him. Well, that you know, the sophomore, 297 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions. He ran for 263 yards and a touchdown. 
if it's not him, is it going to be Ty Simpson or is it going to be the the transfer that Reese that Saban told Reese to go get from Notre Dame yeah, and it's Tyler, be Tyler Buckner? Buckner. It'd be I Tyler. Mean, I don't think I don't think that uh, Ty Simpson is going to be in the mix this year. Uh, I mean, he might get a little a few plays, but I don't I don't think he's in. I think it comes down to Jalen Milrow and uh, Tyler Buckner. And uh, but I also think that Tommy Reese is going to do a good job this year. I think that Tommy Reese is going to put together something. The only bit the biggest question mark that they're going to have and the way these teams are the other SEC teams are really trying to load up on the defensive line is the is the fact that they lost most of their offensive line but their offensive line struggled last yeah. year so yeah. was that is that really a bad thing that they lost most of their offensive line no I no. mean, because they weren't, they didn't have a bunch of it fucking studs. It wasn't your typical no, Alabama typ- offensive line. No, so. they, didn't, they didn't have a bunch of hogs up there holding it down no. last year. And, and, you know, the funny thing about Tyler Buckner is Reese benched him last year for Drew Pine. So, <laughs> so he benched him. I mean, I don't know what, you know, I, I don't, that was one that was, I was kind of like, well, and what? Now, I know, I understand, yeah, he had to go from Notre Dame anyway because Sam Hartman come in from Wake Forest. So I guess he figured, give it a shot, right? Yeah. I mean, but we'll see, you know. Um, that That is their one big question mark that everybody has, though. If there's any any kind of skepticism about the team and how they're going to end up, it all goes back to that conversation about just what you said. It's 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Saban still has not picked a starter. Nope. Well, I think we'll know on Saturday, September 9th, if uh, LSU is going to go 11-1 and or 12-0. and Because I think that Alabama is going to walk uh, – into Texas, oh. and Texas knows. I don't know. I watched every play of that game last year, and and before the quarterback got hurt, Texas was rolling Alabama. We talked about Texas last week, and Texas and knows they got them. They're not going to be as stellar as people think they're going to be. No, they're favored in to win the Big Twelve, but I mean, that's the big. 12 and, yeah. and you know. but I'm talking about just on mentality alone you're looking at an Alabama team that was getting physically mm-hmm. dominated by a Texas team last year and then Quinn Ewers got hurt and he was he was throwing on them yep. like they were playing seven on seven yep he was killing them and he gets hurt he goes down Hudson uh, card Hudson, Hudson card comes, comes in and he's not even he's he's at Purdue he, now yeah he's gone <laughs> so um so Hudson card comes in does his thing Alabama wins, squeaks out a win, but on paper Texas beat them up, and and had Quinn Ewers played that game, that was a loss for Alabama. So I think that that sticks in Texas' head. It's a mental thing. Alabama knows, man, we're about to go out there and play Quinn Ewers again. Last year he was kicking our ass, you know. We yeah. Got, we got lucky that he got yeah. hurt, and now yeah. we got to face him again. So it's a mind game with these kids. It is a mind so, game. So, but... so they're going out there to Texas, and if Texas if Texas squeaks out a win against Alabama. Ooh. Well, Ooh. everything changes. Hmm. But again, these guys are twenty and zero at home. Yeah, so. yeah, they don't lose home games um, very often. So, um, but after after this quarterback here, after these three right here, Saban's got some waiting in the wings. Um, Dylan Longergang, the freshman, huge arm, big upside. Then they got Julian Sayan coming in, who is the five star from Carlsbad, California. So. If he can get this part figured out, just get it solidified, and I'm sure they'll figure out something. You know, I mean, listen, the sky's not falling in Tuscaloosa, folks. I mean, I'm sorry they didn't make the playoff last year, and and, and they didn't win the West and or the SEC championship for that matter. But the sky's not falling. Um, they do have some parts to replace, though. Jameer Gibbs, the running back that 
transferred from Tech to Bama last year. He got picked by the Detroit Lions with a 26 pick. So, so they're going to turn to the senior and Jace McClellan, Roy Dale Williams, another senior. Justin Haynes is a freshman in the future. Nick Saban loves him. So I expect to see Haynes get, get his fair amount of shots. Then you look at these receivers. Gone is, are the days of Minchie and, and the Heisman winner, Devontae Smith. They're gone. You could tell last year. Bryce really didn't have the the big target to go to is is you know it was a whole totally different flow for him on the passing side but but Jermaine Burton senior used to play for the dogs used to play for the dogs nope. he got his attitude in check though the kid was a problem mentally well you know what I what I read is he decided to come back because he didn't he didn't like the way he got graded out for the NFL so he decided to come back for his senior year give it a shot he had 40 catches last year 677 yards seven touchdowns. Ja'Cory Brooks, another junior, 39 catches last year, 674, eight touchdowns. Malik Benson, the number one JUCO transfer. He's going to be a problem. He's a playmaker. But apparently he's got some issues going on over there. Well, there was a reason why he was in JUCO. <laughs> yeah, and I think that might be spilling over or, or you know, Saban's got to teach him the, the culture, right? So Kendrick Law, another sophomore. Receiver, uh, they got Isaiah Bond, sophomore. They expect a lot out of him, but so far in fall camp, he's just dropping way too many passes. You look at their tight end, C.J. Dupree, junior transfer out of Maryland, thirty receptions, three hundred fourteen yards, and three touchdowns up there with Little Tua. So, you know, I, the weapons they don't look like your typical Alabama weapons, but they got some guys that can play, no doubt about that. Um, like Chris was saying, their offensive line, they lose those four starters. They're all young, not sure about the depth. They're going to start two freshmen and a sophomore on that line. They do have their senior center in Seth McLaughlin. And they got uh, J.C. Latham is their right tackle. He's going to be drafted. He'll, he'll play on Sundays. And then on the defensive side of the ball, um, Saban gets five starters back. Does have a new defensive coordinator in Kevin Steele, who has been with Nick before. Steele's been all over the place. He was the D.C. at Auburn, D.C. at Tennessee, D.C. In, for the Hurricanes. Very experienced, uh, knows what he's doing, no doubt about it. And, and that, I think that's exactly what Saban wants over there, you know. Golden was kind of the wild card, and he decided to leave, but – you know, Kevin Steele can kind of rein everything in. And well, Kevin Steele also knows what Nick Saban expects. Exactly. He's been with him before, you know. So, so. Um, But this defense, they uh, they gave up 19.7 points a game. That was good for 12th in the nation. 372 yard, or 327 yards a game, good for 17th in the nation. 136 rushing yards, good for 40th. 191 passing yards, good for 16th. Defense was solid. That rushing yard total is actually kind of uh, – I mean, that's – that's a lot more than they're used to being ranked 40th in rush defense. Yeah. You know, this is a team that was always in the top five. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, yep. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be something they're trying to fix. Yeah. Um, nose tackle, Oates, sophomore, uh, defensive tackle, Tim Smith's a senior. The defensive end is a senior. Um, you look at the linebackers, they got to replace Will Anderson, third pick by the Houston Texans. You know, standout. Just a great, great player. They're going to miss him. Um, oh, he's crushing it already. Did oh, you see yeah, some of his plays yeah, in the yeah. preseason? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a player. No doubt about From it. down the street right here. Yeah, uh, Hampton, Dutchtown. Maybe Dutchtown. Dutchtown. Yeah. I think he went to Dutchtown, yeah. Shout out to the hometown boy. That's right. Uh, at the Jack linebacker, they're going to run Chris Braswell, and, and then the middle linebacker is going to be 
Lawson. Then they got Dallas Turner. And at the weak side, they got a Georgia boy in there. Yeah. <laughs> Tresman yeah. Marshall. So, um, <laughs> probably the top cornerback in the country, or at least one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about Kool Aid. You think that's why? You think you think he's rated so high because of his name? <laughs> you think he just gets so much attention because of his name? Yeah. See, is he really like the fiftieth best cornerback in the country? But because his, he's like got that little swag with the name. He said, "I'm going to so. call myself Kool Aid." Yeah, they, uh, to go with Kool Aid, they got Amos, a junior transfer in out of Louisiana, and then you look at their safeties: uh, Malachi Moore, Moore. He's a senior. Free safety Caleb Downs is a freshman. They love him. And then you got Jalen Key, a transfer in out of UAB. So they're trying to fill the gaps, trying to keep everything. On top of these transfers in, don't forget that they've had the top one, two, or three, three. recruiting Recruit class, class in the Because I think they beat Jimbo. Like, Jimbo had the best one, that and then one year, Saban come yeah. back and topped him or something. So Yeah, it's back and forth. So, so we look at their schedule, and, you know, Middle Tennessee State, 38-point favorite. Then they got Texas favorite eight over there. Then they go to South Florida, 34-and-a-half-point favorite. But then we start the conference play on, again, Tony, September 23rd. Must-see TV. <laughs> Golly. Ole Miss. Um, you know, when, when the uh, conference play starts, uh, it goes Old Miss and Mississippi State, or at Mississippi State, then at Texas A&M, then Arkansas, then Tennessee, then they get a week off, and they get LSU and Tuscaloosa. So they finish up with at Kentucky, then they get a Chattanooga before they play the Iron Bowl against all. I am not as high on this team as most Alabama fans usually are. <laughs> um, I got them going nine and three. Really? Yeah. You got to take them lost to Texas, uh, Ole Miss. I got them LSU. I got them Tennessee. I, the games I got highlighted: uh-huh. Ole Miss, A and M, LSU, and then the Iron Bowl. The Iron Bowl. The Iron Bowl. Um, Cadillac played with them for half the game last year and got away from them there in the second half. Spoken like a true Auburn fan. <laughs> there it is. You know, he can't, he, can't, he can't root against him for that game. He's got to go with that game. All right. Yeah. All right. I got the second game circled. I got September 9th circled. It depends on how this Texas game goes. If they, if they can manhandle Texas at home, if they can win by 10, 14 points, if they can put it on them, if they can stop Quinn Ewers, if they can do all the things that they were failing to do last year, they run the table. That's my that's my if if they don't, if they if that's a really close game or they barely they barely get by that game or they even take the L for that game, then I think they drop old miss and LSU and go nine and three. So I I think that, that September 9th is a big if. It's a big game, man. Yeah, but so. you know what's but what scares I wouldn't bet on them. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean Pre- listen, preseason. Look. Ten and a half wins. So they can win ten games, and I still I bet under. So and I still win my bet. Yeah. Um. And if they get eleven, then they just get my money. But you know, this quarterback situation, something's got to give here. Jalen Jalen Milrow, it, it maybe he's improved so much, but if he has, and what what are we waiting on? How come you know? How come he's not the captain right now? You know? How come he's you know what what's going on? So well, I'm concerned about the Texas game. Um, Texas A&M game could be close as well. They're going to be in College Station. And depending on how bad they're banged up from the Tennessee game, the LSU game could be problems for them. But they are playing in Tuscaloosa, so that may play in their favor. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, and A&M played them tough last year, 24-20 loss. So, can't take anything away from Coach Saban, right? Nah. He is the GOAT. But I've been telling you guys for two years, it's over. And I'm going to stand by it right here tonight. <laughs> I think, I think deep in your heart you need it to be over. <laughs> I need it to be over. All right, so let's transition over to our Stay in the Truck Awards. This week, um, let me see. Chris, you want to get us going or you want me to start? Oh, yeah. My Stay in the Truck Award is going to be easy, easy choice right here. We've got Stay in the Truck goes to the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts continue their wise ways and good decision-making after a couple of preseason games where Gardner Minshew goes 19 of 21 with a 90% completion record. And one touchdown, zero picks, followed up with Sam Ellinger throwing for 74% completion, uh, 17 for 23, no picks. And then they got a new guy, a rookie QB, that they uh, drafted pretty high. Y'all may have heard of him. He was a nobody at Florida on a shit team that somehow got talked into being a top five draft pick and threw two preseason games is seven of 12 for a 58% completion rate and zero touchdowns and an interception. And the Indianapolis Colts have just named Anthony Richardson the starting QB for the new football season. So after the boneheaded move of Anthony Richardson, they have decided that they're going to allow what might be the NFL's top running back to seek a trade. Indianapolis Colts, stay in the truck. Stay in the truck. So my stay in the truck award this week is for the Spanish Football Federation president, Luis Rubiales. Apparently during the celebration for Spain's Women's World Cup title celebration, he was giving hugs to all the players and he kissed Ginny Hermosa on the lips. So he played it off. Wasn't no big deal. The celebration continued on. And so apparently after that, during this week, he caught a lot of backlash in the media. And so he come out with a formal apology today. So wasn't a good look. Nationally televised. Uh, apparently he doesn't have a relationship with this girl. So it, it just it just didn't work out very well. So Luis Rubiales, stay in the truck. Stay in the truck. That's it for this week's show. We really appreciate you tuning in. Please remember to like, subscribe, and leave us some comments. Let us know how we're doing. Stay in the truck. <laughs>